what did God specifically teach you? Like what verses, scriptures that he brings in mind about this topic of, you know, does God care about Black people? Mm. Well, the first conversation that kind of really made me look at this seriously was when um, it was during Black History Month 2020 when I was part of the African and Caribbean Student Association and we had a program. And then there was this conversation, a side conversation where somebody said that God doesn't care about Black people because look at what happened to slavery. And I think there was a time where that meme was going around that's like kind of implied that like God was ignoring the prayers of people who were enslaved or Black people all over. And that never sat well with my spirit. So of course I inquired God about it. And where I kind of started was like, okay, um, are Black people in the Bible? Obviously the answer is yes. And then I asked God, where? So I'm just gonna pick up my notes here just so I stay on track. Um, yeah, Bible, like Black people are in the Bible from early on, even since Genesis, um, because we know Hagar was actually from Egypt. And although she was um, Abraham and Sarah's servant or slave, whatever terminology, back then slaves were not treated in the same way that I think history has really impacted us. Like servants were kind of just like let into the family in a way. Um, but anyway, besides the point, one of the first children, like babies that an angel came to the mother and said, your child will be born and this, this, this was actually Ishmael. And we know that he was half black, like he was half whatever Abraham was and half Egyptian. Like he was, we would consider him black. And he had a birth that was almost prophesied over. Even though he wasn't the child of the promise, um, there was still a prophecy given about him. And that still makes him pretty special. Um, also Simon of Cyrene, he helped Jesus carry the cross when Jesus was weak and about to be killed. And he was picked out from the crowd and helped Jesus carry the cross. Like that's such a beautiful, a beautiful picture, you know, that like, even though the disciples had abandoned Jesus at the time for their safety, and even though like public opinion had turned on Jesus, still like there was an, a man from Africa who was there who helped him. So it's little things like that. And of course, there are also prophecies in Isaiah relating to Egypt and Cush. Um, and actually, like, even if you go back to Noah's sons and where their ancestry all like turned into, that's in Genesis chapter 10, verses six to 20 um, names a lot of nations that came from that son. And some of them are Egypt, Cush, Put, and some of the places may not exist anymore. But if you kind of like trace those names throughout the Bible, you can actually notice that like, oh, this is that same nation that's cousins with Egypt and cousins with Cush. So probably they're like African nations. You can definitely trace it throughout the Bible. And there's so many more um, examples. I can't think of everything, but yeah, we are in the Bible. So God kind of really started me there. Um, and then, yeah, sorry, I don't remember the other part of your question. What was that second part? Um, I think you answered it. Like, okay. how did God use 
um black people and like black history and to further his relationship with you or no what did he show you what did yeah okay awesome okay so yeah that was part one he showed me this was over like I'd say a month of personal devotions in the morning (laughs) waking up reading like you know, whatever he led me to at that point and connecting the dots, asking questions, seeing if it answers it in the text. So this was over, yeah, a long time. I learned a lot and I asked a lot of questions. Um, The second part was, okay, God, we're in the Bible, but sometimes it seems like we're the bad guy in the Bible. Like for example, the children of Israel went to Egypt because of Joseph and it was good times. And then it flipped and then the king of Egypt, you know, enslaved the children of Israel for 400 years and abused them. And so I was like, God, like, what's going on? Like, is that what we did wrong? Like, is that us? And God told me that, like, even though it does say that he punishes the sins to the generations, there's also a verse that says that each person is held accountable for their own sins. So it's something like, I can't remember the reference now, but he will not punish the child for the sins of the father if the child is righteous. So Mm -hmm. we're all being judged individually. So it's not a thing of like one person messed up and everyone now is cursed. So even that like rumor about Ham being like that cursed son and the, you know, nations of Africa coming from him, that's not, that's not true. Like we're not all being penalized because of one person. Everyone is judged individually. However, what happened in Egypt um, was a reflection, yeah, of that king. And what God is against is is people being mistreated and abused. Um, Because even back in Exodus chapter two, I'm just going to look it up and read it directly. It just really shows that like God is concerned with, he hears the cries of people who are in need. He hears when, he sees when injustice is happening and he does not let it slide so yeah it's in exodus chapter two um and starting on oh yeah starting on verse 23 and then going to 25 and it says um during that long period the king of egypt died The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out and their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. So that means that the children of Israel were praying, they're crying out to God, right? Verse 24 says, God heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and with Jacob. So God looked at the children of Israel and was concerned about them. And so that tells me that if God recognized that, you know, people were being oppressed and their cries went up to him, even in the Bible times. That means even during slavery that happened in, you know, North America and Europe um, in the last 500 years or so, God still noticed, and that was still not okay with him. Um, There are so many verses in Isaiah um, that talk about like God's vengeance against those who mistreat their fellow human beings. And yeah, there's just like so much in there. And even in Exodus, when God heard those cries, he made a plan of rescue. Chapter three of Exodus, immediately God is like, all right, I'm gonna come down to earth. Moses, 
we got to help these people. <laughs> You're the perfect person for this. And God made a plan and worked with Moses to free the children of Israel. And I believe it's the same thing for us today, even though sometimes things may not seem immediate, like it seems like our prayers are not being heard. God hears our cries and he cares and he is already making a rescue plan and setting up a plan of rescue to get us free. So like, you know, even during those days that came through Harriet Tubman and other people who are working on freeing people who are enslaved, um, there was hope that was given to people even through the Bible during those times. And of course, like there were people who twisted the scriptures and tried to use it to justify slavery. That is not of God. Um, but yeah, I still see God being present even with black people all over the diaspora through our struggles. It's just a matter of like sitting back and recognizing God was the one who put this in somebody's heart to free this person or to come together and, and do this or encourage whoever. And the plan of freedom happened, you know? So yeah, like there was just a lot that God brought to mind. Um, I'm not a history person, so I don't know everything in detail. Um, but I do know that like God always has a way of escape. He does not let um, injustice slide. And even if the people are not they don't reach their justice on this planet. We know that when judgment day comes, everybody will be held accountable for what they've done um, to their fellow human beings. Because even if we think of, I believe it's in Matthew where Jesus is talking about separating the goats from the sheep. And that's symbolic to represent, you know, the people who were children of him and who did what he wanted us to do on this planet compared to the people who did not. Um, it's based on how you treated other people. Did you feed the hungry? Did you care for those who are naked and give them clothing? Like, did you visit people who are in prison? Did you set the captives free? Like, were you about justice while you were on this planet? Or did you oppress people? Did you harm people? Did you ignore other people's pain? Because even that is still a sin, right? So I know that like, even if we don't get full justice on this planet, I know that God is fair. And, you know, like, we're going to be okay, pretty much. And I just, during that time, God just really like soothed me in the questions I had and assured me that like, he has always been aware and he has always been making a plan to make sure that we are saved and we are out of any negative situations. Yeah. And it's like, when we doubt God, I, I love everything you just said, but it's, when we doubt God, for example, like if we say, God, why don't you love me? Do you love me? Or I don't feel like you do. A lot of times we don't realize that we're not doubting our ability to love. We're doubting, we're not doubting, you know, our ability to be loved, like, but we're doubting mm -hmm. God's ability to love. So if we understood who God was, we understand there can't be a whole group demographic of people yeah. that God is just going to overlook that's just not who he is mm -mm. and how much more clear could he be how did we get you know freedom to vote and stuff like that in America through a preacher yeah a preacher Martin Luther King how much clear could that be and yeah. as you said everything is not going to be quick like things are going to, I believe that God is the reason we're free today. It's not Amen. happenstance. Like God 
literally took us through a whole a whole process of coming here like it's impossible when you think about it how can we go from being slaves to now i'm sitting here with the whole computer able to do what i want i can go where i want it's just i'm not a slave like how how could that happen without the hand of god being there amen you know? so it had to be god who, who brought us to this place of freedom amen so, yeah that's yeah that's what i have to say we have to stop doubting god it's like right before our eyes what he's done he's heard our cry like zin just said from exodus 2 i believe 24 mm. he heard it and he yep. actually made a way it didn't come where when we wanted it to but it came eventually and i'm me and zen are able to sit here today because god did work things out for us the black people and also something i want to you know highlight too zen said it like the what was it called race as we see it today wasn't race how we see how it was seen before american the american racial construct is totally different from what you know used to be i don't feel like oh there's actually other scripture i wanted to mention i'm not sure if his name was simon i can't remember if you mentioned it but they literally called him the black man in the bible that was very clear i'm not sure but <laughs> wait wait man. what translation called him that nlt but it was oh, in quotes okay, but okay. they literally no they literally like um called him that um yeah but they used mm. negro or something another word in another language but yeah coming back to my point is um yeah so we we just have to trust god that he he did his thing he did his thing and race is i was taught in anthropology i believe it was it's yeah. a social construct it's not even it anything really biological <laughs> nope. like so we know it wasn't it's it's not as america this is a social thing in America. You're white, you're black, you're Asian. But back then it wasn't like that. And I believe everyone is mixed. Like, mm. for example, Israel was told not to mix with other Gentiles, but they did. So they mm. did on multiple occasions. And there's literally like a part of, um, there are people called Samaritans that mix with, mm. I can't remember the Amorites that I don't know, but they mix yeah. with others. So you know that they weren't purely white i'm not sure if anyone is i don't think anybody is. they weren't even white girl <laughs> they weren't white as they said yeah. so and even if they're the, like arab or something yeah yeah so we just gotta get we I, I believe a lot of the things we struggle with just comes from ignorance just mm. ignorance just not us knowing because even the white people use the bible for a lot of stuff even the yeah. white supremacists it's like if you actually read your bible you would know that the son of god wasn't even white so it's yeah yeah and it's very dangerous to twist the scriptures because there's that verse in revelation that says if even one jot or one tittle is changed or manipulated mm -hmm. there are curses so guys like when we're reading the bible it's very important to pray for the holy spirit to give you the interpretation and don't just come up with your own thing because then that's how you end up with like justifying atrocities like slavery and how people were treated by the bible when that is not the case because we know that the devil's agenda is to misrepresent god the devil's agenda is to make god's character actually look like what the devil's character actually is so if you see anything that is questionable as you are i don't know even listening in church or i don't know watching a video on youtube having a conversation 
always like pause, have that in the back of your mind. You can pray in the moment or you can even just in your personal time, just pray and be like, God, I kind of heard this and it rubbed me the wrong way. How do you feel about it? Please show me using your scriptures. Open up your Bible, even open up Google. Like if you need to Google Bible verses about this topic, go through. If like specific stories come to mind in the Bible, read the whole chapter, pause and take notes, like make sure that you're understanding it and God will give you that interpretation. But yeah, I think like it's really dangerous and people don't realize how the spiritual consequences of twisting the scriptures. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of implications to that. And I just wanted to say too, like it doesn't, as I said before, it doesn't have to be like black history, even abortion. Like if you want to know more about that, what God thinks, just dig into the scriptures and actually based on what you were saying Zen about you know not just taking things for face value because I feel like people do this all the time you see something in the bible that kind of goes with what you think already and you take it out and Mm. you just shove it in other people's faces but it's interpretation the holy spirit literally has to speak to you on that and that's why people are able to use the bible for anything because they do not wait on the holy spirit what he has to say and so Mm. I even had a devotion like this before there is a a scripture in the bible i cannot remember what scripture but it's jesus basically said he just finished feeding the five thousand, and people Mm. he went across the seas and people followed him because they loved his miracles or no because well they wanted food they were hungry (laughs) they were that's what (laughs) jesus actually said he said you know you didn't come here for the miracle right you came Mm. here because i fed you and he was talking and he was talking spiritually the spiritual bread you're here for my word and then he said something that's very controversial and he said drink my blood and eat my flesh and everybody was like (laughs) yeah (laughs) did this man just (laughs) he was like paula let's go we can't and then jesus ended up explaining what he meant Mm. to his disciples so what and which is like what i just said he was talking about the spiritual he's talking about you know eating his word and he is the word so he explained that as eating his flesh and drinking his blood so what god spoke to me about that was chels sometimes things will seem a little weird in the bible at first. Mm. you might see a verse that is not you know it's not sitting right with you or you might see two verses that look like they contradict one another mm. but you have to tarry with me and wait for me to explain it like the disciples did so they yeah. knew what i really meant at first i said eat my flesh mm. and drink my blood but then i explained to the disciples that what i really meant so i will do the same with you so for the people who are not willing to build a relationship with Christ and they just want to use the Bible to fight other people, or they just want to ignore the Bible, you know, just altogether, you won't get the true meaning unless you actually sit down and act. It's so important to pray before you read the Bible as well. Yes. What you said about lingering is so important because like, um, in Isaiah, which has become my favorite book of the Bible, chapters 18, 19, 20, 24, 44, there are specific chapters that are addressing um, the African nations. A lot of them are rebukes 
<laughs> so I, I was reading this and I was like, God, how come the only place that I'm seeing us is it's a rebuke? But God reminded me of that verse that says, I, what is it? I correct oh. the son I love, right? Do not. Um, Don't despise the chastening of the Lord. Thank you. There you go. Come on, Holy Spirit. Yes, exactly. Don't despise the chastening of the Lord. Because a lot of times, like back in the day, God would speak to prophets of all nations. But of course, the only nation that worshiped the true God was Israel. And their purpose of being in the middle of the earth at that time was to spread the, you know, the knowledge of the Lord to all the nations. But they started to gatekeep it. Um, but we know that God spoke to people all over. Like there was um, Balaam in, I think it's Numbers chapter 22. He was not an Israelite, but God still used him to prophesy over Israel. And God still spoke to him in his own way. Um, there was also, I think, was it Abimelech? It's in Genesis chapter 20, where God spoke to another foreign king and told him and gave him a vision and a dream. So God always has ways of speaking to different nations that relates to their culture. But the point is to move and progress into truth, not to stay in the error. Because a lot of like even African spiritualities, there is some truth in it. And even in indigenous um, North American spiritualities, they have the story of the flood. They have a story of a creator being involved in their everyday life. It's just the details that are not um, clear and do not fully, fully align with the truth. So the point is for us to go to God and for him to like lead us into more truth. So even in Isaiah chapters 19, 20, and in you know, 18 and all of that, um, the purpose of God telling Isaiah to give the prophecies to those nations was so that they would correct what they were doing wrong and move into the truth. Similar to like how Jonah was called to Nineveh, uh, which again, like Nineveh is also one of the nations mentioned in Ham's bloodline. I don't know if they're African. I don't know where they were, but, you know, God still spoke to them because he knew that they would turn and repent and, you know, they would seek him and they would come into the truth. That was the point of the rebuke so that people would actually correct what they were doing wrong. And, um, yeah, it, it was just very important to remember that like, God's not just punishing people because he's bored. <laughs> That's not the thing. He doesn't want to punish. He does not delight even in the death of the wicked. Like he wants everyone to come into repentance. So even when we come across something in the Bible that seems harsh, we have to remember that it's for a specific person or leader or nation and for a specific time. And we have to look at what is God really upset about in this rebuke? Can you pick it out? What is he actually saying? And what does he want them to do differently? And what you mentioned about pride in the beginning, like the reason I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so hyped is because that's what God also showed me that like, um, I don't know if the prophecies were specifically about the transatlantic slave trade, but there was a slavery that was, that God told Isaiah that, hey, tell this African nation, that I'm sorry, y'all, but you're going to have to go into slavery because you're not listening to me. And the point was not for it to be this long, drawn out, torturous thing, but it was supposed to bring that king to humility and to take aside his pride and just come to the Lord. 
instead of being wise in his own eyes and doing his own thing and giving the credit to his gods, which were nothing, <laughs> you know? So there's always a point to God's rebukes. He rebukes people because he sees that we can do better and he'll always let us know what we need to change in order to be in alignment with his will again. So yeah, like you said, do not take things at face value. Ask those questions, take notes, what is specifically being talked about and what is God trying to correct in this rebuke? We cannot see, as you said, God chastening as if he, you know, hates us. We can't use that as, uh, like, use this as an example to prove God's hate for Black people because he enslaved his own. I mean, God didn't exist. That's actually what I want to talk about, too. Mm. Israelites were enslaved, too. So yeah. that should show us that God is not saying anything. That was his special people, the Israelites. So if he did it to them, then, you know, it, it could happen to us. And it doesn't mean he hates us. God is a love. So he can't yeah. hate. The other thing I want to say is what God has been showing me was that if he's not actually saying, okay, I'm going to be the one to whip you and I'm going to be the no. one to send people to, to, you know, do all this bad. No, it's when God is peace. God is joy. God is love. God is safety. But Amen. when we reject him, that's why when Zen said, you know, because you're not listening to me, you will have to go through these consequences. Mm. When God removes himself, because we are not listening, that's when peace and safety and everything else leaves because God is all that stuff. Mm. And when peace and safety leaves, what is there? Destruction. Mm. So actually he'd said it to, I think through Jeremiah too, he said yeah. that your own sin, <clears throat> sorry, your own sin will rebuke you. Wow. So it's, it's not God actually intentionally doing this. This is him just saying, all right, you said you didn't want me. I'll respect you and I'll leave. But when I leave, these things will happen. The last point I'm going to make is that hell is actually a place without the presence of God. That's mm -hmm. why it's so bad. Oh, so, yeah. that's a whole word. A place with, and so, you know, we on, on this earth, slowly, the spirit of mm. God is being rejected. And so a lot of, you know, in the last days, people are actually going to live something close to hell on earth, but hell itself, wow. a place without light, which God is a place without joy. So it's like mm. when my point is when we reject God, we reject everything that's good. And so that's yeah. why destruction happens when we reject him. So Ooh. yeah, I'll see that. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't want to interrupt your train of thought. No, go ahead. The, what, what you said reminds me, like I was reading it this morning. It's in Galatians chapter six, and it says, God is not mocked. What we sow, we will reap. If we sow into the flesh, we will reap the destruction of the flesh. But if we sow into the spirit, capital S, the Holy Spirit, then we will get eternal life. So again, it's all about our choices and what we choose to invest our time in, even our time thinking about certain things in, and our actions. Like if we are seeking God and then all of that time invested in prayer, in reading the Bible, even in listening to podcasts like this or watching videos like this that are about things of God, that is sowing into the spirit and you will reap eternal life. You'll have those questions answered. Your relationship with God gets deeper. And then you actually want to be in heaven because you're like, yes, I can't wait to meet this God who I built this relationship with. But if you sow into the flesh, 
you entertain doubt without asking the questions and without bringing it to God, because there's nothing wrong with having those hard questions. Um, that's something else that God taught me, like bring those questions to him. Mm. Come, let us reason together. It's not a sin to feel like, okay, well, that person said this, they kind of might have a point. Does God care about women? I don't know. The Bible does seem misogynistic. It's not a sin to feel that, but you need to bring that to God, ask those questions. And again, like you were saying, you linger and wait for the Holy Spirit to guide you and give you those interpretations. Don't just read one thing, rush it and be like, oh, sorry, God, I said that this is all right. I don't want to get struck by lightning. Boom. No, like (laughs) be real with him. And you're sowing into the spirit and you reap eternal life. And like you said, like hell is just a place where God is absent. And that's where the enemy just gets to run rampant and, and do all types of destruction. But um, we can avoid that. We just need to bring those questions to God. It, there's no question that is too hard for him to answer. I promise you. And that's the biggest thing I learned even while um, learning about this and asking God questions about like, does he care about black people? What's going on? Why were we mistreated? In fact, like James one says, God is the liberal giver of wisdom. He's like the parent, you know, you have, and they're willing to tell you everything. They're ready to talk to have the talk with you when you're three, like God (laughs) wants us to have his wisdom. And what I've learned is that where there is ignorance the enemy reigns Mm. so also even in our mental life like I feel like a lot of people are going insane now due to like quarantine and stuff like that in 2020 like when we're always in our own heads there's there's just a lot going on people are coming down with depression anxiety this is like the generation for that but again it's because the spirit of god is being removed and now people are going crazy in their soul that's from a that's a Ooh. quote from a pastor because they 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 do not accept god they don't accept his peace and what did god even say he said those who keep their minds on me will be kept in perfect peace so Amen. we don't have peace there's like even like in our personal lives there's just places where we have the door closed to god and mm. Jesus is knocking on the doors of our heart. So if we don't Mm. open it, we're going to feel, you know, there's going to be unrest. There's going to be no peace because the God of peace is not in that part of our life. So last thing I want to say too about um, God being peace and and all that stuff is in Genesis one, when God showed me this, yo, this had me floored. So I don't know what happened, but God is a God of light and order. But in the beginning, it said that the earth was formless and void. That means it had mm-hmm. no form or whatever, it had no organization. It was dark and darkness in the Bible is almost never good. Mm. And so I don't know what happened before that. I'm not sure. You know, I don't want to speculate. But then it said that God came in and he said, enough mm. of this. Mm. Let there be light. And this, he said, light go over here. Darkness go over here now you're a part and then he started putting everything together god Mm. that's like when god comes into our lives he says enough of this madness Mm. i'm coming in so that's my god (laughs) but yes it's just that that was amazing to me but last question what do you want to say to anyone who tells you that christianity is a white man's religion Mm. well I would say that go back into the Bible 
and trace it back. Does Christianity, being a follower of Christ, trace back to white people and white supremacy and what that symbolizes for you? Or is God an inclusive God who includes everybody and sees them as equal? Um, I would also encourage them to just go ahead and read Hebrews chapter 11 <laughs> that says all of these people of faith um, and lists like their experiences and their struggles. And especially that verse that says, I think it's maybe in Hebrews chapter 12, where it says, we have this great cl um, cloud of witnesses. We have access to the Bible, guys. We have access to the story of Abraham. We're included as children of faith because Jesus died. And, and that just freed everybody to be included. Like we are included in this faith. It's not about white people. It's not about European. It's not about any of that. Um, it's about being a child of God. Of course, that includes white people, just like it includes Asian people, like people on the islands, people in South America, people in Africa, everyone is included, even people in North America, indigenous people. All of us are included in the scriptures. I just encourage you to go ahead to the scriptures, read it and try to see like, who is this really for? You know, it's okay to have those questions but bring them to God. Yes, and actually it's, I'm gonna just have on what you said. It's like, if you actually took the time to fill yourself with the knowledge. A lot of people just make excuses for not wanting to be a Christian, not wanting to believe mm. in God. And I feel like that's one of the things they hide behind. Oh, God doesn't care about black people. If you actually mm. read the Bible, like I remember I was in high school. I got to bring this up. Yeah. I was, there was this girl and we were all having a conversation because trust and believe. I, had, I, was, I, I wanted to talk about my faith. And so we would just yeah. have conversations. Everybody would be like, oh, but this and that and say what they believe. So I remember this girl said, um, one of my friends, she's like, oh, the only women in the Bible are prostitutes. And I was like, girl, no, that irritated me just a little bit because I knew she didn't read her Bible. No. I knew. Deborah? I, right. What about Deborah? What, what about, uh, okay. Ruth? No. Ruth? Esther the well, Queen? Esther? What? That Mary? Queen? Okay. 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 Um, I don't know Moses's so, mom anyway go ahead right, right. <laughs> yeah. but it's just come on like if you're going to actually study to show yourself approved just yeah. that study to show yourself approved and one last thing I wanted to say was when I was thinking about this like a while ago the slave trade I know and like a lot of African um a lot of states in Africa there is different cultures and as in said it's too it's not like they don't know god they might have bits and pieces of the truth but a lot of times they maybe even serve their other gods what came to mind is god didn't cause the slave trade but maybe he allowed it so that a lot of the black people could come to know him because mm. if my ancestors were still in africa i would probably be serving whatever god they served but now i'm mm. here and I know about the truth. So that's yeah. another thing, another thing to think about. Yeah, and also before we end, I also wanna say that, remember that Ethiopia got the Bible and Christianity before colonization. If you go to Acts chapter eight, 
the eunuch, he was already reading the book of Isaiah. Oh, book. Wow. Again, <laughs> he was already reading it. How did he have access to it, guys? So he had access, he was reading it. And then Philip was sent to him by the Holy Spirit. Philip was a disciple of Jesus, like direct, direct. And he was explaining the scriptures to him because that man was like, I have all these questions. Do you understand this? What is this saying? And then Philip explained the scriptures and the man got baptized. And that man was a very influential eunuch. He was, um, I think it was Queen Candace um, in Ethiopia. He was her like right-hand man, pretty much. He brought Christianity to Ethiopia. So God has so many ways of reaching every single nation. We are not left behind. Even if you think of like the wise men who came to Jesus's birth, they were not Jewish. They were not like who you would think is the Christian nation. How did they know? God spoke to them in their own cultural context and brought them to Jesus. So again, like there's nothing evil about being African. There's nothing evil about our cultures, even being indigenous. There's nothing evil about that. Like it's just asking those questions and connecting back to God, letting him guide you into fuller truth. Cause like, I'll, I'll end with this before, cause I can go on about this, but like, even in um, my language, Kosa, the words for the days of the week, the day for the word for the day, like the seventh day of the week is un ribello, which means finished. Hello, the Sabbath finished the end. Like it's already there. And like, there are so many little things that like, if we just ask God, we bring our culture to him and say, okay, what do you think about this? Like, what were you trying to teach us through this? Like, why do we do this? How does this connect back to you? There are so many examples of how God can use our actual culture to bring us even closer to him into more truth. So that's what I wanna say, that Christianity is not a white person's religion. We all need to bring our cultures to God and ask him what he's trying to tell us through these different things. That was so good and the perfect way to end this podcast. Let's pray. God, Father, I thank you, Lord, for everything that you've educated us about today. You are truth. You are wisdom. And I thank you, Lord, for filling us with it. And I pray that everyone watching is filled with more wisdom because they clicked on. Father, I pray for those people's hearts who are hard because they think you don't care because of something they heard about you that's not true pray that you soften their hearts your word is sharper than any two-edged sword so I pray that you would just do your thing and your words do not come back void I pray that you know even on their bed when they're going to sleep that the words that you used us to say would come back to mind I pray that this frees somebody from a bondage of bitterness or hate towards you God let your word go out and do what you said it to do Thank you again for using us as your vessels, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, guys. Thank you for watching. And I hope you're with me on my next video. And also check out Queen Z's YouTube channel. I will leave that somewhere, you know, on the screen. All right, guys. See you in my next video. Are we clear? See you. Make sure to subscribe to Chelsea now, guys. And thank you so much, Chelsea, for having me on. This has been such a blessing. Yes, you were a pleasure to have. Aww.